warning. Hey, hey, this is Mike and Shelly on The Nothing Burger. Hey. So we've talked a lot about the toxicity of feminism on this show. But today we're going to talk about something a little different. Okay. Today we're going to talk to an ex-feminist and we're going to listen to her perspective on how toxic feminist culture is towards women themselves, right? They uh, will try to destroy you if you don't spread their gospel. These women often project their actions on others by calling them things like bigots, sexist, misogynistic, and generally smearing and shaming those that simply disagree. So, what is it about that that keeps them doing it? <laughs> what, what is it what about, is it, that? about it? <laughs> is the question. So here's the thing though. They they understand the is power it? of shaming. Yeah. Because they often hold anti-shaming rallies, right? They uh, use this is their primary weapon of choice is shaming. Uh, they use it against everyone that disagrees with them with a devastating effect. The results of me too have uh, proven that, right? And they do this to, to women as well as men. And today, Shelly is going to share her deconstruction experience that will <laughs> eventually lead up to a mob of angry feminists attacking her. Well, uh, okay, so it's interesting that you use the um, word deconstruction. I mean, it's not as intense as like a deconstruction from a religion, but it's a similar process in a way or the the reactions that I was met with reminded me of not just a religion, but a cult. So, I mean, let me preface it with saying, so I was a, uh, I identified as a feminist for many years. I went to a university, a Christian university, um, and then I worked at a university for five years after that, even though it was pretty conservative and there weren't really like gender study courses like you would find at a secular university it was still uh everybody there identified as a feminist even the males it really wasn't a topic up for discussion you know like it was just expected everybody was yeah if you met someone there that was like i'm not a feminist it'd be kind of you'd be like what you don't care about equality you know what i'm saying so it's not like we were out on the streets like rallying and picketing maybe there were a few people who would go out and do stuff like that in other places but you were just a feminist you but, cared but the about general women's rights. the general consensus is that you know feminism is all about equality of the sexes yeah that's all it was and so so who could be against that Exactly. And that, you know, that was my perspective. And so I, I have been um, met with women who say that. And I I think that genuinely some of them are that way because I was that way. And I have a lot of friends still who, who are that way. I know that they don't hate men and, you know, they don't have any kind of weird agenda. Um, but I do believe that third and fourth wave fem feminism, if you look at the leaders of that movement, they are not about equality. They're about destruction of the nuclear family. And they go about that in really sneaky ways to get vulnerable women who don't really understand what their underlying mission is, who do care about men, 
who do maybe want to have kids, start a family, have a husband. Um, and they, you know, basically come at it from this perspective of if you're with a man that makes you weak and that makes you dependent and what you want is you want to be an independent, strong woman. And it's like, well, yeah, that's what I want. So that's kind of the evil, I think, associated really. Like there's like a hidden underlying Agenda. evil yeah. here, which is basically it, it, it kind of wraps up the well-meaning feminists into it because, you know, they look at it as like, hey, I believe in uh, equality for men and women, right? They're not really like heavily involved in the whole thing. They're just like, I believe in it. And whenever they see anyone critiquing it, they have already kind of identified with like, I'm a feminist. So now they have to defend the ideology. And the general consensus, I think, with feminists is that anyone who critiques it is like an incel or, you know, some kind of a, a misogynist. So automatically, whenever any kind of critiquing comes their way, it's like a wall goes up. It's like, oh, we've heard about these people who don't like feminism. These are the bad ones, right? These are the chauvinists and the <laughs> misogynists out there. So it, it kind of, it, it wraps up the, the well-meaning feminists into that collective uh, delusion. <laughs> right. Well, in another way that they approach this, uh, which is kind of dishonest, well, not kind of, it's dishonest, is by using the first wave feminist movement um, where the suffragettes really fought for women's equality, the right to vote and all these things. And it was a powerful movement. And they kind of, you know, like take from that and they're like, this is what we've done. And we're still fighting, you know, because we still don't have that equality. So they kind of use that emotion from, you know, this powerful event in history yeah. to, to get women on board with that. And it's like, wow, I want to be part of that too. Like that movement is powerful and it's still going, but it's really, it's, that's, that's not what's gone. Happening. Yeah. So there, there, I, I do see that as well. They're basically kind of living off the accomplishments of the past and also claiming that the, the victimization of the past is still ongoing, right? And uh, it's not because today's feminism is nothing at all like the feminism of yesteryear, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so the feminists of today are basically like, look at what we're for and this is what we're doing. And it's really uh, they're, they're basically citing the things that the suffragettes were fighting for. Exactly. Those days are over. Right. They got they achieved their goals. I mean, you would think that feminism would have disbanded after that, but right. they had to keep it going somehow. So they had to come up with new boogeymen to fight. And uh, and here we are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so things for me got really interesting when I started to ask those questions. And that's where I'm saying it kind of reminded me of a cult when you start to question or critique some of those ideologies and you're met with a lot of anger, <laughs> a lot of rage. Like it's, it's insane. It's honestly insane. I mean, I could get into personal stories and, but I know of other people, other women 
who have had this happen to them too. And one of the biggest things when they turn on you and they'll turn on you in groups because this is what women like to do, right? Um, It's never just one person. They'll gather their posse around them um, and they'll call you pick me girl. That's a really big one. That's their way of shaming and shutting up women who try to question their ideologies and what they're doing, which is very intellectually dishonest. Well, they're they're actually you got to stop and and question like who are they attacking, right? Who, what kind of women are they attacking? First of all, and I've seen this happen to women who basically all they are is traditional women. All they want to do is like get married, have a family, raise children, and whenever you question a feminist uh, on any other occasion, they're like, you know, we're for whatever a woman wants and freedom mm-hmm. of choice, et cetera. Yep. But whenever they actually encounter one of these women who have, you know, decided to uh, take on a family and, and take on traditional um, gender roles in their relationships, oh, man, it like they will start to get crazy. They will yeah, turn on women true. like that and they'll basically ostracize them and they, they uh, launch smear campaigns against them. Well, and they're uh, they'll mock you, too. Right. They'll be like, well, we're out here doing real things, making a difference in the world, in our corporate setting, what are you doing? Right. They devalue. Yeah. And and so it's interesting, right? Because they they talk about how men and the patriarchy devalues women, but they are actually the ones responsible for devaluing the role and the natural strengths that a woman has and saying you only have worth if you're in the workforce or if you're in a high corporate position. Right. So, you know, that's actually a disservice to to women in general, because essentially what they're doing is taking women out of the arena that they excel in, and they're putting them into environments uh, with men who excel at working countless hours, you know, busting their asses off and not thinking about it twice. Men have to put in a lot of hours to kind of get anywhere in the corporate ladder. You're not mm-hmm. going to you're not going to sit there and and try to like be under the radar yeah and think that you're going to get anywhere. You're just going to basically be in a dead end job if you keep doing that and get nowhere. Right. Well, and that's another problem I have with the whole feminist movement is that instead of climbing up the ladder, you know, like like men have been doing, they have to tear men down and give themselves an advantage in order to elevate themselves. So, yeah. I mean, a good example of that is labeling masculinity as toxic. Uh, when masculinity so. created the environment of competition that motivated them to fight and sacrifice for executive level jobs that women struggle maintaining. So that's that's exactly what I was talking about when I said that they're basically putting themselves in an environment that they're not optimized for yeah and then now they, they're expecting women to compete with men it, it's kind of like uh, if i can give you an analogy it, it's nowadays you, you'll see uh you know a, a transgender uh, a woman who is or who's pretending to be a woman he's a man mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes into an arena with other women who are you know tinier than he is like their bone structure their muscle mass it's it's ridiculous and you know the the outcomes are already predetermined you know what's going to happen i mean these women are getting destroyed and demolished by these biological men pretending to be women you have the same thing happening in in corporate environments 
And by the way, before you, anyone says, you know, I know a woman that did this and that, great, yes, yes, outliers are out there, and the exceptions don't prove the rule. So it doesn't, <laughs> we know there's exceptions out there. So, but speaking in general terms, women are not optimized to compete with men in this arena. What they end up doing is they have to bring a man's value down yeah. in some way and then rig the system to uh, give them some kind of advantage. And you see this with affirmative action uh, where they force companies to hire women. You see this with legislation where they're basically um, punishing companies, finding them for not having an, uh, enough female board members. So they have to rig the system and at the same time devalue the contribution of men to even get to the same level, to even get to the same level. I'm not even talking about outperform, but to even get to the same level. So, you know, this is, this is feminism, but they've set you up to fail. They've, they've put you up against people who are going to do better than you are in the arena that you're competing in. Instead of concentrating on your strengths where you basically won't have any competition with men, they've put you on a trajectory that is most likely going to lead to you failing. And then when you do, they're going to see, see, that's the patriarchy yeah. keeping you down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Th that's the crazy thing is that they're blaming it. They're like, why is this so hard? It must be because of sexism. And it's like most men can't even keep up in this kind of environment. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you work, <laughs> even if, yeah. if you don't have the skill set or you, you know what I'm saying? You don't have all that skill set and drive and competition combined with a little bit of luck. <laughs> You're probably not going right. to make it. Yeah. So feminism yeah. actually creates a purpose for itself existing. That's what it does. It's a self-perpetuating system. And it, they it, have it, to keep it, feeding this lie what, to yeah. women. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that they can be unhappy and unfulfilled trying to fight in this environment that is not... <laughs> Conducive to their strengths, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in, once that does happen, it's like, well... We told you this was going to happen because the patriarchy is out here and it's just it's just holding you down all day long. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, and I'm not saying like there are women in high level executive jobs and I'm sure that they have fought very hard to be where they're at. So I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I've I've seen yeah. women that are like this. But OK, let's this is like the whole thing, you know, not all yeah. this or that. OK, it's a very small percentage of women that can compete in this very competitive man's world. Um, and so, and that's why you see a disparity in the percentage of women to men in those kinds of jobs, yeah. just as you see that disparity in plumbers because women aren't optimized yeah. or driven towards that type of work. Um, dangerous jobs like lumberjacks, IT, you know what I'm saying? IT is another one. We don't see a lot of women in IT either. Anyways, the point is they usually will gravitate towards things that they're uh, biologically predisposed to and optimized to. And in the way women work is they, they generally like to work with people on a one-on-one yeah, -on -one basis. Yeah, people, nurturing. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's why nursing is completely dominated by women. So one other thing that I, I kind of wanted to bring up since we're talking about this from a female's perspective is that, you know, you hear the male's perspective a lot about how They've labeled masculinity as toxic, um, but really they've they've kind of devalued femininity as well. 
And I don't just mean like when you say that you might think of like, what is femininity? It's, you know, putting your makeup on, maintaining yourself, keeping yourself clean, which I know you you have a lot to say on that personally too in regards to how feminists yeah, <laughs> I mean, carry themselves. You know, this this whole thing with uh, not grooming yourself, uh, letting your armpit hairs grow out. <laughs> Or, dyeing your armpit hair neon colors. Yeah, or or there's this trend where they basically shave like one half of their head. You know what is that? It's basically it's from a what re- I, they're rebelling basically against from, the status quo. Yeah, from what I understand is they're intentionally trying to make themselves seem attra- unattractive. I don't know. It has something to do with they're like you can love me at my worst. Yeah. Or <laughs> what that's, that that's you know that's another one that's constantly spread by um, feminists and it's you know if you if you don't like me for who I am or love me for who I am then you know that means you're a horrible person and uh, I'll just find somebody who loves me for who I am right how about you're a horrible person for not giving the best of yourself to the yeah. person that you're supposed to Ex- love exactly and care <laughs> I mean you should be working on improving yourself. And if not you, just for that person, but for yourself, for yourself. <laughs> if you're coming across people who don't like you for who you are, that's not that's not on those people. Maybe you're the problem. <laughs> yeah, you're the problem. And uh, you need to work on yourself and make yourself a more likable person. You don't act like a piece of shit and then go, oh, if you don't like me for being a piece of shit, then you're the horrible person. It's like, mm, I don't know about that logic. It used to be that a woman would just by walking into a room the men would stand up for her or the men would open the door for her or do this or that through her feminine, like her softness and those feminine traits that almost spoke more loudly to a man than demanding things from them in a loud way. So it's almost like that femininity has more power over a man than what they're trying to do now. Well, men have a reverence towards uh, the feminine, right? They, They revere it. And because it's, it's because different. they don't understand it. Exactly. <laughs> okay? so, it's the yin and yang, right? Like, but they're trying to be everything that a man already is. Why is a man going to desire that? Exactly. Exactly. So you're basically trying to, as a feminist, trying to compete with a man on their own turf. They understand this turf. So they're going to see you yeah. as competition, not yeah. as something to respect and revere. Yeah. You're literally shaving your head and growing out your armpit hair and yelling in men's faces that they need to show more respect. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Whenever uh, it's them having to respect someone else, they'll spout off the line, well, respect is earned, you know, you have to earn my respect. Yet whenever it's the other way around, when someone has to respect them, they'll just be like, you have to respect me because I'm a woman. And they'll actually get raged out over that. Like, you don't respect women. You hate women. You're a misogynist. This is common language that I hear. But being a woman used to mean something different, right? I mean, we can't even define it now. But being a woman (laughs) meant that you would carry yourself with grace. You know, like when you walked into a room, you had a certain air of grace, softness, you know. I mean, I can't even, it's hard for me. You might I'll be tell able you, to find t- that Well, better. till this day, if I see a woman that's feminine like that, it completely uh, kind of takes me aback a little bit. I feel more reverence towards Respectful. a woman. like Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which is what, yeah, exactly. It, like, it, it almost softens my hard edges when I see that. I see that as something like, I should protect this person. Like, I feel like they're, 
it's almost like you feel like they're less capable. They're softer. They're fragile. Like you have to, as a man, it's your responsibility to protect this, right? But mm -hmm. if you don't see that kind of uh, the attitude, if you see them like raging and acting all masculine, it's like, ugh. you have to, you just get this uh, feeling of like, well, you're on your own, bitch. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's the difference too, is you're talking, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like protecting a woman, right? So it's, I need to do these things for a woman because I'm protecting her. But the perspective that, feminists or maybe a lot of you know women in general now have is or let's just say feminists i don't want to do that but it's almost like they want the men to to cower like oh here's your chair ma'am let me open the door for you and, and bow down you know what i'm saying it's not there's no, not a sense wasn't... of confidence in men now because of what feminism has done it's like it's not a sense of confidence like here's the door let me guide you through let me protect you you know what i'm saying it's yeah. more like i i'm your servant you know what i'm saying it's yeah. not like they um again that's basically putting men in a position they're not generally optimized for and they're making demands of them which just isn't natural to them so the entire like social structure has been flipped upside down and, uh, you know, no one is feeling comfortable. It's Women crazy. don't feel comfortable and men don't feel comfortable. And it's just, and everyone's complaining about it, but the feminists keep on rolling with the propaganda of like, we need to continue this fight because, you know, we have one in four women being raped on college campuses, which turned out to be an absolute fabrication. It was a lie. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they just spout off lies that they make up and, and they get these numbers and they, they say, we did a study and they get exposed. And these studies are basically them calling up uh, women and asking them questions on the phone and whatever answers they give, they're like, oh, we have a study now. And they don't uh, control for anything. Uh, it's not scientific in any way. It's just calling up random women that are feminists that have been involved in in uh, domestic violence or, or some kind of thing and they're like here's the domestic violence numbers it's like they basically do a confirmation bias in these studies which come out as false but they don't stop uh, perpetuating these lies the wage gap it's another one they don't stop perpetuating that it's been proven uh, non-existent i don't know how many times this has happened it's been proven non-existent Yet they just keep on going. The scary part of it all, though, is that uh, the administrations, presidential administrations, are also on the bandwagon. Biden, I saw myself on TV talking about, we need to do something about the gender wage gap. And I was just blown away by that. So there comes a point, by the way, when you also want to stop and, and kind of take a little bit of the blame away from the feminists. Because... I understand that today's current feminism is extremely toxic and it is just nothing like what it used to be. But when it started, I feel like a lot of these corporations and the government took advantage of the movement because it served their purpose. Think about this, the, the whole breakup of the nuclear family, divorces, things like that. That what that does is creates two people now, right? That can actually generate income, pay taxes, and become consumers. So this helps corporations. It helps the government uh, collect more tax money. And, uh, you know, maybe they didn't mean to 
break up these families and they didn't mean to, you know, that wasn't their uh, ultimate goal, but they understood that when you, you know, take a family, break it up, you create more consumers, you create uh, more conflict mm -hmm. between these uh, family members and society itself, right? Because families are basically a sandbox for society. So they're basically, this is all about money, I feel like. And and they they jumped on this feminist bandwagon and they helped perpetuate it. And the feminists were like, yeah, this is great. You know, we're getting help from the government. And so when going back to the whole Biden thing, I feel like, yeah, I mean, this serves the purpose of the government and corporations. That's why they're so supportive of the feminist movement. And they're so against the idea of nuclear families. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's also, um, we talked about this in the past. I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but making the government your daddy. You know, you, you've got a whole culture. They call it Karen culture, right? That's based on calling the cops on people and complaining because they essentially grew up without any kind of father figure or any kind of ability to take responsibility for their actions. So they're basically running and crying to daddy. Or they're relying on the government for food. Food assistance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All, yeah, exactly. I mean, Welfare. some people, some people are poor and they, you know, they need this. They have no choice. But I do also see often, often feminist culture with the whole uh, alimony and the child support and things like that. I've seen plenty of women taking advantage of these situations. And had it not been there, I guarantee you that divorces would be cut down. And even if you had no fault mm -hmm. divorce, if you cut down on these like unfair alimony laws and unfair custody laws, you would cut down on the amount of divorces because women would be less likely to get a divorce over over just any random situation that just annoys them or doesn't make them happy. What happened to working things out and figuring it out, right? Well, so they don't do that anymore. Yeah, so the government has created an Incentive. environment that makes it very easy or maybe even encourages people to yeah. divorce. And probably the feminists have helped push that movement because they'll say, you know, like you need to get out of a toxic relationship or an unhealthy relationship, which obviously exists. But during the time when all these divorces were happening because uh, they were encouraging women to be independent, it wasn't because all of them were in toxic, abusive relationships. Right. Because there's because no way. because they just didn't want responsibility <laughs> yeah. anymore. See, if we if we're to go by the numbers, uh, you know, it's over 64 percent of Americans are getting divorced. 64. That's over half of Americans that get married are getting divorced. So you have a 50-50, you have a worse than a 50-50 chance, right? If you get married, wow. that you're going to get divorced. Yeah. You're telling me that these are all toxic relationships? These are all men who are like, you know, misogynistic and chauvinistic and they're beating their wives and they're cheating on them. You're telling me over half of the country is like this? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that a lot of the situation is that divorces are incentivized. That's that's literally the definition of incentivization, right? You're you're rewarded for getting a divorce. You're you're the government will take care of you. Don't worry about it. You don't have a job, don't worry about it. You can 
get on welfare and there's EBT. And guess what? We're going to take some of your, your husband's money. We're going to give you that too. We're going to make him pay you alimony and uh, you're going to be fine. So this is literally incentivizing divorces. So what, what did you expect was going to happen? Matter of fact, I actually know a person who is a close friend of mine, who I will not name, <laughs> who, um, who just got with somebody who, who has children from five different fathers collecting child support from five different fathers. And uh, now they're aging out. They're, they have, once they hit 18, you know, they don't, they don't have to pay that anymore. So I'm like, well, she just found a, a new guy. And guess what? She just she got, got another pregnant. 18 years. <laughs> she just got another, she just got another uh, baby with That's him. That's crazy. So, uh, I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> this is, is literally the definition of incentivizing women to get divorces, have children, and, um, you know, if, and if, raise more children without their father who then have to. Right. That's another thing. Rely on the government. So, so that's not a, have a strong male role model in their lives. Absolutely. And that, and that's, uh, the statistics for that are everywhere on how horrible it is for children uh, growing up in a single parent, female headed household. It, it is like 80% of the rapists in prison are raised in a single parent, female. No household. way. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Rapist? That's Rapist. Disturbing. Uh, I don't know. I think like the, the numbers are all high like that. Like the 70% of murders were, were like. But it's crazy because you think about that, like rapists specifically raised by women. Like you would think the women would be treating them like you have to respect women. You know, how is that? That's the <laughs> Why problem. Why is that? They're raised weak, right? A strong men and don't, they don't have, have to rape. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at a strong male role model, you see it modeled for you how to treat a woman exactly instead of and from what i've seen like based on the psychology of like these rapists they're not doing this because like oh they want sex right it's supposed to be some kind of a power move that makes them feel in control so it's not really like oh i want to have sex with somebody so i'm going to rape them most of the time when these things happen it's generally a um a, a power move they want to feel powerful and in control so generally weaker men, you know, emotionally, uh, their constitution is much weaker. Mentally, their constitution is much weaker and lack, they lack confidence generally. Most of these men uh, who are ending up in these kind of toxic situations where they're abusing women end up being raised by women, right? They're raised by women and they end up abusing women, raping women end up being um, also murderers too in like 80% or 70% of the, like all the numbers are ridiculously high like that in prison. Most of the population are uh, men who are raised in single parent, female headed households with no father to speak of. Because there's no replacement. Like a woman can sit there all day long and say, this is how you should treat people. This is how this needs to happen. But nothing is a better teacher than having that father in your life, who's showing you how to treat a woman, how to be a man, how to function in society. Right. And it's also the interaction between the parents, right? When, they, when they're growing up in a household with both parents. Now, I also don't recommend just a father raising uh, uh, children by themselves, right? right? That's why you don't want a divorce, okay? That's one of the reasons why you want to have two parents in the household. And you know what? If you guys are having trouble and you're not happy, too fucking bad. Because guess who matters more than both of you now? It's your children. 
And that's the problem today, that the, the feminist movement has convinced women to basically not be bothered by your husband and not be bothered by children. Don't be, don't let anyone drag you down. You're a queen. You gotta, <laughs> right? This is the, this is the ideology. Like, don't let anything drag you down. Your career is the most important thing. Fuck everything else and just move on, move on and uh, succeed, right? So that's what happens. These women will leave. They, they don't care about how their children end up. They don't care about working things out. As long as they get what they want and they think that's what makes them happy, that's what they do. Let's go into how this attack started on on your person. Oh, <laughs> on my person. <laughs> so, yeah. So this has actually happened several times in the past month or so. But there have been several times where Mike commented something about, like, we have feminism to blame for the way that things are today, which is what we've been talking about. So. Yeah. It's nothing new. And so I received a screenshot of this in my inbox from a woman who said, fun fact, your husband is a misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> so um, How? so basically, I hate women is what, what that yeah. means. Anyways, this was even pretty mild compared to what happened a couple weeks ago where I woke up to my profile was public at the time, which it no longer is. Um, but I woke up to someone having gone through every single one of my posts and pictures over the past four months and they spent two hours commenting on every picture and every comment that I received telling my friends and family um, that they wanted my daughter to die all over our floor. Yeah. Um, and she was that she was one, ugly. She's one and a half years old yeah. by the way. Um, just making all kinds of comments about how my husband was a piece of shit. Like yeah. just at everything, honestly, I spent a very long time deleting hundreds of And it wasn't of even one of them, by the way. It was like it was like five or six of them that rallied together and they're all sending these. They were in my inbox. Like they were they were threatening me saying, we need to know if you're involved in what your husband is yeah. doing so we know how to deal with you. So, <laughs> like, like, all this is well and good, but, like, once you start to message people's family members and friends, you basically cross a line at that they point. They said they were looking for our home address. Yeah, they're smearing, they're, they're basically smearing you to people around you. Because we disagreed with feminine. So yeah. this is the thing is, um, I'm not, uh, the reason I'm getting personal is because we're not just spouting this out and being like feminism feminists are toxic. This is but here, no, hang, hang this on one is second. Hang on one second. The crazy part of this whole thing is she had done nothing. I wasn't even involved in <laughs> She had done absolutely nothing, right? This is basically the feminists attacking her. They're attacking her, a woman who they, you know, they're all about empowering women, but they're attacking her for something I said. So Right. So this they the went world. on his profile, figured out who his wife was, and then went through my profile yeah. <laughs> to do all this um, and, you know, contacted friends and family. It was just insane. So th the reason we bring this up is to basically show awareness that we're not just saying, oh, feminists are toxic. They're angry, bitter people who will come after you and threaten you. They will. They, they will. <laughs> they will. And they <laughs> and do. This is, and this is not a one-off, by the way. Like, this has happened multiple times to other women that I know of. They get. They will get attacked. 
if they disagree with anything. Disagree. Yeah, Not it. even say anything. Yeah. Disagree. Yep. If you cannot disagree with someone's ideology without your person being attacked, um, and that's that's the common rebuttal is they come at you with ad hominems. They if they're not attacking, if they're not threatening you, they're um, insulting. Well, well your that's the thing. If if logic were on their side, then they, they wouldn't, wouldn't need, need to, to do all the things that they're doing, like all the all the smear campaigns and and attacks and just conflations. Right? They'll do anything they can to shame and attack people that disagree with them instead of actually just responding in a logical way to something that someone said. Because they have no logical way of responding. I yeah. mean, the entire thing is a house of cards mm-hmm. and they know it. That's why they're raging. <laughs> I mean, look at the trope of the raging feminist. Where do you think this came from? I think people just made this up. There's videos all over the place of feminists just raging. Anyways, I think we can make this podcast go on for a very, very long time. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up and we'll we'll make more episodes on this. If you guys like it, go ahead and let us know. We have lots of stories that would, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of sped through that story, but yeah, there's. We a few kind of this was this was kind of like a more of a general breakdown of of how toxic uh, feminism can be. And by the way, I would recommend that if you are one of the well-meaning feminists out there and you do believe in equality for the sexes, you should probably start identifying as an egalitarian instead of a feminist, because. You know, maybe there's something wrong with the organization you're a part of and it's and it's not you. You know, if they're critiquing, if a lot of people are critiquing feminism at this at this day and age, which it's happening, I see it happening more and more. People mm-hmm. are speaking out. Maybe there's something wrong with the group that you've chose to identify with. And there's alternatives out there that are not toxic. Red pill yourself. <laughs> yeah. If you get will. red pilled. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. So like you get want red the red pilled. pill or the blue pill? If I was Morpheus, a misogynist. You know what I would say. <laughs> if I was a misogynistic Morpheus <laughs> and I held out two pills, blue and red, you should take the red pill. Or you can take the blue pill and stay in the matrix. It's up to you. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this was Mike and Shelly on the Nothing Burger signing off. Bye. We